Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Right at this moment, the world is struggling to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. It's bringing adversity of all kinds to millions of people. And it's only adding to the challenge, other challenges that people face all the time. Things like disease like cancer, death, divorce, job loss, poverty, and so much more. Dealing with adversity is nothing new. And frankly, it won't end with a vaccine to this disease. But what if there was a way to make adversity manageable? What if there was a way to take charge of it instead of it taking charge of you? Well, my guest, Kimberly Irvine, mom, speaker, and author of the new book, Stronger, is here to reveal how that can happen. So, Kimberly, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your really incredible and powerful story. Thank you so much for having me. Your brand new book that came out is called Stronger, and it's your story of dealing with repeated adversity. So can you just share a little bit of that story? Sure. When I was uh, at the age of 31, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had just come out of being the caregiver to my mom who actually had brain cancer a year and a half prior. And as you can imagine, being 31 and so young and being a mom of two small kids who were six and four years old, it was completely devastating. And so I went through that journey I had chemotherapy and surgery and hormonal therapy, and I did pretty well uh, in terms of, you know, the recovery. And about three and a half years later, the disease ended up coming back and my chest wall, and I recurred at the age of 35. And it's devastating, right? You you not only deal with cancer once, but then it comes back. And, And the difference was my kids were 10 and 8. And they started to understand life and death. And so that hard reality of what we were all facing um, was, was the anxiety and fear was, was I going to beat it this time, right? And so I think we learned very hard uh, that we really had to lean into something stronger for us, and that was our faith. And um, we continued to navigate that journey, which was challenging in itself. But we certainly learned how to overcome the adversity and how to um, pull together, as I'd say, as a family, right, when you're, when you're faced with something that's really beyond our control. Well, you know, and, that's, you know and, and it puts a parallel to what's going on right now. And I don't know, I mean, on some level, a lot of what is so crazy is the uncertainty. I mean, you were given a diagnosis, which was not a very pleasant thing, nor was the treatment for it, um, and you were young, which was, you know, it's, it's amazing that they even found it because, of course, you know, breast cancer is, you know, I think they're now starting to recognize that young people can't get it, but that's not the norm. And, you know, it's, it's the uncertainty that creates the challenge, and, and that's part of the adversity is right now we have people, it's like, we don't know. It's not that we don't know how people get it, but we don't know what it's going to look like when people do. I mean, you know, people, some people get it and they don't even know they have it, and other, pe- and other people, it's killing them. And, and I guess in some respects that's not all that terribly different from cancer. Um, so what you talk about your, your faith and you talk about your family. So, of course, it sounds like 
community is something that is very helpful when faced with adversity? Yeah, and I, I would say this, right? I think overcoming the cancer not once, but twice is a challenge. Obviously, I went through divorce and, you know, dating and single parenting and job loss, right? All of those pieces of our, our adversity for us. But I think when we pull into where we're at today and having come through, you know, all of that trauma, so to speak, and adversity, um, you know, my daughter's 18 now and my son is 16, and we look at the world of this COVID-19 and kind of where we're positioned, it's it's just another trigger to the adversity and the trauma of what we're all experiencing. Um, you know, yesterday I remember I was, you know, walking upstairs and I was going to put some laundry in my room and I overheard my 18-year-old daughter on the phone talking to a friend of hers and she was saying that, you know, I'm worried that my mom's going through the grocery store and she's so, you know, immunocompromised and what if she catches it? And then she started to say, I'm worried that if I go out, I could be a carrier and mm-hmm. I can bring it home to my mom and that it could potentially kill her. And what would I do without my mom? And I would have that guilt on my conscience for the rest of my life. And, you know, it was at that moment as I fell to my knees and I had tears in my eyes and I started to realize that, you know, cancer still plays a part of our lives, that fear, that uncertainty, that lack of control and the COVID-19 has just brought another layer to it and that reality of what not only we are experiencing as a family, but everybody in this entire world. And so it, it brings me back to the place of how do we deal with this adversity, right? How are we going to deal with the anxiety that's flooding our minds, the fear, um, and how do we get through it on a daily basis? And, you know, I have some points here to make, right? The faith is one component. And I always say to people, right, It doesn't matter what your faith is, whatever higher power you believe in. I think that is the fundamental foundation that helped us when we went through treatment, especially as a, you know, a child, you know, my kids being, you know, at those young ages, how do you really help your child understand that you're going to, you know, potentially die? You don't, you don't have those answers, right? I mean, I didn't have those concrete realities to give. I mean, the only thing I could say is I was going to fight really hard. I had a great medical team. And that the truth of it was the man had the final say, right? God, we were leaning on God. And so I think for us, I just, my message is, what is your foundation in terms of what your belief is in that higher power and that faith is a foundation? The second piece is, is really incorporating what I call the psychosocial approach, right? What are the things that you can do to lessen that burden of anxiety and fear and uncertainty? And I'm a huge proponent of you know, just wellness, whether it's what we're fueling our bodies with in terms of what we're eating, making sure we're eating healthy, balanced food and fueling our bodies properly. We're getting enough rest and exercise is a huge component. I mean, obviously myself and my children have high anxiety as a result of what we've went through. And I think most people have that significantly right now. And so I'm a huge fan of just making sure every day we're getting that activity and we're getting, you know, some of that relief out and getting those endorphin endorphins moving. And I think the other, you know, key piece is just the educational component, right? And just making sure that we're aware of what's going on. Um, we're not absorbing ourselves into the media because I think, again, that can heighten the anxiety and the fear, but that we're really just coming together as a family uh, and, and helping each other through those um, fears and anxiety and, and knowing that we don't have a lot of control, but we're, 
we're surely being smart about staying home and limiting our time out, outside and um, following all of the rules that are in place, which I think most people um, are doing, and there are some that are not. So, you know, to, to really encourage, you know, those pieces, I think, is really the recommendations that I would give to others and, and that we're living every day. Well, you, put, you bring up such a good point because you, you're talking about the, the anxiety and the fear. And, you know, one of the truisms is that, you know, we can either, we can either feed this reaction or we can kind of starve it. And, you know, and the way you starve it is kind of like what you're talking about is, is finding out ac- as accurate information as you can, whether it's about a cancer diagnosis, whether it's about this COVID thing, whether it's about anything, because, you know, the, the adage knowledge is power actually is true. And, you know, and so, but, but also the idea of not getting caught up in, you know, every, every little thing, every little detail, every little, you know, and I mean, because that, that's crazy making. It really then makes you feel like you don't have any control when you're, you just talked brilliantly about the control that we do have, about taking care of our bodies and, and, and our minds, you know, because anxiety and fear, you know, have, there's a, there is a physiological response to that. There is physical things that happen to us, and we actually make ourselves more at risk when we have those things in our system because that's something else for our immune system to try to deal with, Right. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think the other piece that I would probably highlight too, that I think is equally important, you know, we, when we hit that diagnosis, not once or twice, we, the first thing I did was, you know, have my kids in therapy. Um, I think it's important that people leverage that, especially in times like this. And as a matter of fact, I have a call into my daughter's doctor to, to kind of help her deal with some of this unsettled anxiety we're experiencing. Because Again, I think it's it's what we have control over and what we have control over is our mind and our body and how we deal with it from day to day and really staying present. You know, that's that's another hard lesson that I think you have to learn when you're going through any type of adversity is that if you stay present in the moment, you're certainly going to lessen that fear and anxiety and uncertainty and lack of control that you have. Um, so I often will, you know, even for myself, when I have those moments of worry and fear, um, I, I will just kind of bring myself back to center and say, let's focus on today, because today is really where the focus needs to be. Well, because regardless of, of anything, none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow, even under the best of circumstances. So I love that idea of staying present in today and, and what can I do right now. And, you know, and I think one of the challenges of this particular um, illness, and although, although I do know I, have, I did some work in my early days with, um, with cancer patients and their families, and, and, of course, I've had friends and family members who, who've also had dealing with cancer. And, you know, the support system, who supports them, who disappears, uh, you know, this, this idea of how do we stay connected, even I'm sure you had family members that didn't necessarily live close by that, you know, that were interested and cared about you. Um, and this is one of the things with this particular illness is we're supposed to social distance, but we still have to try to care because 
that that community, you know, you with your family or with your friends, it it helps. It, it's healing. It's supportive. It provides a it provides a buffer for us. Doesn't I mean? You know, it, it's it's part of the process that, that makes getting through this. I do think it increases the success rate, but it also makes it easier even even if it's unsuccessful, correct? Yes, absolutely. And and I love the focus on on your kids because this is this is the piece that um, I really for for all parents out there that you children, especially when yours were so young when you first got it four and six. They at that age, children have no ability to think abstractly. They're very concrete, and so what they understand and what they don't understand is very different than maybe than when they were older and you had your second go round with it. But we still need to to give children helpful information um, because they because they do pick up on. You, the, the emotional energy, and, and they'll translate it however they want to translate it, and they don't always tell us what what they're thinking or what they're afraid of because, one, sometimes they don't have the words, and, two, they don't want to add to what, you know, if we're already worried, they don't want to add to that. So I think that, you know, even your daughter now who's 18, she's processing this still in much more of an adult way than when, you know, you first got sick, but, but it's, it's a continued processing of all of this. And, and I think it's important that we try to um, share and support them as, as best we can. Well, and I think the other piece to add is that, you know, everything's about age-appropriate information, right? And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's, that's somewhat of a challenge I know a lot of parents face when they get diagnosed with cancer and they have children is what do I say, should I tell them, um, and then what am I telling them? And, and I think uh-huh. your point is so on target that children know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of not shielding children. I think that you have to be honest um, as, as best as you can. Um, but the other layer to that is really ensuring that you're giving accurate, credible, age-appropriate information and that you're bringing in experts to help them process the information. Um, and as you can see in my situation, I mean, we're 2008 is when I was first diagnosed and 2012 I recurred. And here we are in 2020 and we're still having to deal with the um, challenges or what I call collateral damage of cancer as we're facing COVID-19. Um, and, and it's hard, right? I mean, for myself, I think through, gosh, I've fought cancer twice and what if I catch COVID-19 and it Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can't overcome it, you know, gosh, that would be just devastating. But I just have to keep bringing myself and recognizing that, you know, anxiety, fear, lack of control, and uncertainty are the four key words of where our country is today. And we have to do a better job at managing, managing all of those concerns with the other pieces that I believe are a path of healing and getting that sense of control back. Um, as we navigate this just unfortunate, devastating situation. Absolutely. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with author, cancer survivor, and mom, uh, Kimberly Irvin, about dealing with adversity. And right now, the challenges of 
of it are inescapable, and it's important to not be overwhelmed by it. It's also important to prepare both for what's happening now and for the adversity that's going to come in the future. So if you're feeling flooded and anxious, please recognize that it's normal. But if you're struggling with managing it, then I invite you to reach out to me and you know, take advantage of my free strategy session. I'll talk to you about anything around this, um, how it's impacting you, how it's impacting your family, whatever, because right now we want you to get help. So shoot me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can give me a phone call at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And I want to talk, get back to Kimberly and talk about one of the biggest lessons of your journey that you learned was becoming your own advocate. So what does this mean, how did it come about, and why does it make such a difference? Well, I mean, as I shared, I had been the care partner to my mom who had brain cancer prior to my diagnosis. So that was really kind of what I call the start of learning how to advocate uh, for my mother's care. I mean, in a sense, right, we're all advocates. Um, I was an advocate for, you know, my children in a different way and obviously advocating for my mom, but... I had to become my own best advocate when I started my journey with with breast cancer. I was the one who found my lump. I was the one that met with my OBGYN and showed her the lump and had her Uh kind of dismiss me in terms of it's probably just a fibroidinoma. And it was my self-advocacy that persisted for the mammogram, which turned into an immediate ultrasound and a biopsy that found my diagnosis. So what I realized is that by being my own best advocate, I was the CEO of my own healthcare. I was the person putting all of these health professionals in place and managing it. Yes, they made recommendations of care, but I had the choice to follow those recommendations. And I think the other piece to the you know advocacy component is when you really do take that role on, you're educating yourself. You're lessening the anxiety and the uncertainty and the fear, and you're giving yourself some type of control back. Let's face it. What we're facing today, we don't have control. Um, we, we can do things to minimize it, right? We can certainly take precautions to minimize it. But I think, you know, being our own best advocate really does allow us to overcome the adversity in a much calmer way. Um, and that's, you, you know, what I would recommend, you know, to anyone is take control back as best as you can um, and, and really advocate not only for yourself but, but for your family, no matter what adversity you are facing in your life. Right, because, you know, I mean, and, and I, think, I think sometimes people are afraid to do that. I mean, you know, you're talking about you were, now you had, did, did have some experience with your mom, and I actually learned through my mom because my brother was physically handicapped, and so I, I watched her advocate with doctors. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I was like, thanks, Mom. And, you know, this, this idea that we, especially about our own bodies, we know what's wrong. We feel it. Um, and, you know, and trying to get the you know, professionals, because like with you, you, were, you didn't fit the profile. You were, you were way too young, and I'm going to assume there wasn't a history of it in your family, even though your mom did have some other kind of cancer. And so it's, it's really easy to get dismissed by the quote-unquote experts. 
And that's what you're talking about is stepping up and going, no, 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 I, I need this. Give this to me, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. And I, and I think that just, you know, kind of coincides with where we're at today with COVID. I think that we all have adversity, right? I mean, we're struggling with so many different, you know, issues right now related to the fear of the getting the virus and transmitting the virus to the challenges of, of job loss and, you know, mm-hmm. being at home with our loved ones and um, all of that is just so heavy on our hearts and our minds. And I think if we could pull together and really try to stay present um, and do things uh, that we've outlined, such as, you know, really taking an, uh, an active approach, uh, advocating for ourselves and our families to navigate by staying present, leaning into our faith, um, making sure that we're taking that psychosocial support mechanisms you know, for all of our families with exercise and diet and sleep and just, you know, really kind of refocusing our energy on those components, I feel like we're going to be able to pull through this pandemic in a much more uh, easier way. Uh, It doesn't minimize it by any stretch of the means, but I think what it will allow us to do is move forward in a new normal as we know it. And, you know, so I'm curious because – there's, there are some challenges right now because you know, there, and it's, it's interesting the, the choices that people are having to make right now in terms of being their own advocate. So being your own advocate doesn't mean necessarily getting a test because that's that's still a, a big challenge. There, there are not a lot of tests out there, and they're and they're um, they're having to be rationed. Whether or not people know that, um, not wanting to cause the panic, but you know it's it's. So how to be an advocate maybe in some in some non-traditional ways and and so part of that like you're talking about is is being an advocate by eating by eating well because I know that a lot of times people are right now are stress eating um, they're you know they're they're going after the cookies and the ice cream and the Cheetos and frankly I don't blame them I'm also the, you know I love those things too um but but that's not necessarily going to be a, a healthy thing for you to do, and and even exercising, um, even with people who are being asked to you know stay at home, you can still go out for a walk. And I think nature may be a really um, helpful thing if you can get out into nature because nature's healing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if if there's opportunity for people to get outside and obviously staying away from the parks and crowds, I mean. I certainly would encourage that. I mean, for us, weather permitting, we've, we're trying to get out as much as we can. But, you know, going back to the food portion, it's to me it's about the moderation. It doesn't mean that we don't want to go out and have ice cream or have a cupcake or, or any of those great, you know, sweets. It's just about how do we balance it, right? And do we want to maybe shift that to the weekend when, we, when we've eaten really well during the week and we've given our body the foundational nutrients that it needs to get through um, with the proper sleep? And, I, I, again, I just – that's kind of how I live my life. That's what I've learned after coming out of mm-hmm. cancer. It doesn't mean we don't have to have those things. And I know a lot of people end up, you know, changing their diet so drastically and trying to cut out sugar. And, you know, I don't oh, drink, yeah. so that's, <laughs> that's a positive thing. But I think what I try to do is still experience life by eating the foods like pizza that, you know, is my Friday night treat or having, you know, dessert on the weekends 
So again, it just goes back to getting outside, get outside and get some fresh air, make sure you're getting 30 minutes of exercise, calling and connecting with your loved ones, I think is another piece that we've all lost sight of where we're being forced to do it now. Um, to where we're just reaching out and making sure that people are okay, whether that's family, friends, work colleagues, whatever it might be, just checking in and letting them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I have a really good friend of mine um, who lives in New York City, and it's just devastating what they're going mm-hmm. through right now. And I just wanted her to know that, hey, I was thinking of her, and I was praying for them, and you know that I was here. And I think that's the kind of positivity and, and support that we need to give one another. Well, and, you know, and one of the things that it sounds like, you know, that we can use adversity as an opportunity to refocus what matters to us. And, and going back to the, you know, cancer, almost, almost to a person that I've met who's, ta- you know, who, who've had cancer, they say, you know, it, it changed how I looked at life. Not that they would wish it on anybody. But it actually shifted their focus. And I think that right now, an, ad- an adversity can do that. We can either become overwhelmed by it or we can see what lesson do I want to take from this? How do I want to change my life to be more? And, I, and one of the things I think is this connection. And on some level, yay for technology because we can now do, you know, FaceTime and, you know, we can see the people that we're talking to. And while it's it doesn't fully take the place of of touching and hugging, which we ha- which we're not supposed to do right now because we need the social distance. But we can reach out to those people that matter to us and really let them know. We can we can even reach out to the people in our own homes and let them know how much they matter to us. Um, because sometimes we get so caught up in the day to day living that. Although you know, we keep thinking we have time, you know, we keep thinking, oh, I'll call them next week or I'll call them, you know, and, but no, do it now. <laughs> you know, um, that, that's part of being in the present. And that's one of the things, that's one of the advantages that I've had um, is that, oh, when I think about it now, I'm not waiting. I'm actually just either texting the person or doing something to just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. What's it, what's it like where you are? How are you doing? Um, because I think that that's the community that in some respects we've gotten away from, even within our own families. I know that I've talked to, you know, my sisters, two sisters more in the last six months than I have, you know, for, for lots of different reasons, but, but that I have for the previous years. And it's now becoming a priority for us to keep that going. Yeah. So is there any other advice that you would give to people in this, challenging time just just in dealing with adversity generally no i think again let's just recap the points that we discussed i think it's really about staying present i think it's recognizing that we are anxious and fearful and uncertain and we don't have much control but what we can do is take control of what we what we know and that's really lessening um, the fear and the anxiety and, and, and starting to, to look at your home and think of ways that you can, you know, really advocate for your family and deal with the adversity that we're being faced with, whether that's reaching out to, to family, friends, and coworkers, checking in on them, leaning into our faith or higher power, using exercise as a, as a foundational tool every single day, 
making sure that we're eating healthy and within moderation, getting enough sleep. Um, I'm a fan of just really trying to minimize the time in front of a TV listening to the media because I realize that that could be a bit overwhelming. And then the last piece is just really being grateful and counting our blessings. I'm a huge fan of that. Every single day I'm recognizing that, and I think it's important. And and actually, we, we have proof that it actually changes our emotions and how we view the world. So absolutely being being grateful for what we have. And so, Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And can you please tell people where they can get your book, where they can learn more about how to become stronger and and mm-hmm. how to take on you know, take on this fear head on? Sure. So my book is called Stronger, Becoming My Own Best Advocate and Discovering My Purpose. You can find the book. It's available on Amazon. And also you can learn more about me on my website at www.kimberlyirvine.com. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-I-R-V-I-N-E.com. So what, are, what we've been talking about today and what I want you to know is that adversity is not the enemy. It's actually a natural part of life. So it's your response to it that will make you or break you. And I've long said that the only thing any of us has any control over is our actions, not the events in your life, but what you do in response to those events. That's where you have all the power and control. And in fact, it's the only place you have power and control. So I'm hoping that one of the things that you'll choose to do is to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.